Welcome to the Mel and Floyd Summer Replacement Show. I'm Mel. Floyd is on assignment, but with us as always, the man who knows everything, Mr. Smarty Pants. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> hey, watch the name calling. <laughs> I don't get any money out of this. <laughs> Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away at the bus station, wherever. So I put the last ornament on the holiday tree today. Yeah? Yep, yep, yep. Put the Christmas pickle on there. Oh. Yep. So I got... uh, we got Christmas pickle? We got the the weirdest ornaments. We got a pickle, a potato, uh, we got an avocado, we got a pizza slice... You got a, you have got a garden. I'm afraid we got we got a let's see what else we got. We got, we got a buffet a pumpkin pie slice. Yeah, we got a uh, asparagus. We got a uh, broccoli. Uh, we got a uh, what else we got? Oh, uh, a glass of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and we have sea creatures. We got a uh, got a yeah, we got a squid with lots of little uh, Christmas lights on it. Oh, and right. we oh got, that'd be uh, that'd that be is it's great. I'd like that. It's uh, yeah, it'll freak your cat out. By the way, I don't yeah. know why they don't like squids. Um, let's see. I got what else we got? We got a, a jellyfish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have so many aquatic things? They come in themes, you know. Like every year, companion and I try to get a new ornament for the tree. Sure. And uh, and it, it just kind of without even really thinking about it, we think, oh, let's get another piece of pie, you know, or whatever, right, you know. And right. then that and then that that extends for a few years, and then uh, and then it was like, hey, you know that. That, that Christmas jellyfish is really doing it for me, you know. So get another one, something else related the next year. Do you have any nerd nerd ones? Uh, Star Trek or Star Wars or com- no? Comic we don't. No, or? we don't. Although we have a couple of excellent ones that were given to us by Mindless Minion Number One, uh, Kathy Leibarger. Uh She what made one one year? It was uh, it was Christmas tales that people seldom tell, and it was uh, one about. Uh, where it's a little statue of uh, Woodrow Wilson being attacked by a giant crab. That was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was a little image of Chester A. Arthur uh, with his arm around the neck of a turkey about the same size as him. And then there's a little sure, booklet. He was taking the bribe for the, for the pardon. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Chet Arthur's president. Uh, that's, that's what Mark Hanna said when our Garfield died. Uh, <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke candidacy. Anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, that's uh, the and she and she provided little booklets to describe oh, the nice. uh, to describe the faux legend that she made up for each of oh, these nice. uh, each of so, these presidents. Yeah. So, now, so yeah, so that's now available in Florida textbooks, history books. Well, there was the time Woodrow Wilson fought yeah. the giant crab. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he segregated the crabs. I don't know if you know about that. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was one of his little triumphs. <laughs> Anyway, wanted to do white meat and dark meat. Yeah, that was it. Didn't work on it. the crab. Yeah, so. not so much. But, uh, so, so saw, what, do you, I, what are you doing in in the in the in the in the, in the Mel House? Not too much. Just uh, you know, 
pagan rituals and stuff. <laughs> I, I hope a lot of blood is involved. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mostly pig's blood. <laughs> most, the, mostly. The blood red tide. <laughs> yeah, that's... Remember when, when uh, Melania Trump decorated the White House oh, yeah. one, one year? It was like all blood Oh, red. yeah. Oh, yeah. It looked like something out of The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to say, I slipped up. I was visiting my, my Aunt Hilda, a person I really, really like a lot, and she's a, she's a great... She's a great family member, unlike some of my other, you know, <laughs> one of the few that's not in jail. Uh, but we were visiting a friend of hers, someone that she still pals with for, she's been pals with this gal for years now. They were, they were roommates in college and they still, they still hang. And so we went over to the, the friend's house and she had an artificial tree that she put up and it was that one of those blood red trees. And I, I, <laughs> I without even thinking about it, said, oh, just like Melania Trump. You know? <laughs> and I thought, whoops, wrong household to say that in, so. Uh, she actually gave a speech about a week ago at in uh, D.C. I think it was at the National Archives. She's your namesake, I, I, Mel. I think they just, they Mel just sent, sent her to see if there's any documents laying around. <laughs> but it was a speech about immigration and and how she had to work so hard to, right. to and she and her family had to work so hard to to get citizenship in this country and right. they, and they hit a few roadblocks along the way yeah but then they've they've managed to find like you know, talk about poisoning America's bloodstream just <laughs> persevere and yeah. and find a way to to get to get citizenship so, yeah so yeah. if she did it anybody can yeah do they it. grew up speaking German what else could you know they're bound to be it's able a to beautiful get in. language <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the poisoning the bloodstream. That, that just sent chills up and down my no, spine. That's terrible. And, you know, that in the, I never read Mein Kampf. I had it read to me. <laughs> you know, it's, that's, what, that's what I have underlings for. I got the audio book. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Narrated by John, the, John Voigt or yeah, something. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be perfect. Excellent choice. Yeah, he's sitting there on the golden crapper and he's listening. To, well, that makes sense. boxes of, of documents around him and he's you know, just listening to old John Voigt. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Man alive! I I sent some uh, sent some holiday cards out, and I I did send one to a pal. Uh, and rather than have any kind of like Christmas theme or you know New Year's theme or whatever, depending you know on my sure. friends' various beliefs, um, I it would just had d- different kinds. Of, it was cartoons of different liquor bottles, different kinds of liquor, <laughs> and and I it was just. It was just kind of like, you That's know, a religion in Wisconsin. I, I was kind of like, you know, try to have a good new year. You know, yeah. I mean, that was just try. I double dog dare you. So there we are. It's uh, 2024. It's going to be uh, it's going to be one to remember. I could you yeah. heard it here first. Yeah. So so you send out physical cards. I do. So, so, I do. Yeah. I like that. You know me. I get out my quill pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, uh, it's so funny. My sister uh, got in touch with me. My one, my two sisters, my older sister. And uh, she took a photo of this with her phone and sent it to me. Um, there was no cancellation on the card. And uh, I was, it was on the stamp. Yeah, on the stamp. I sent it down to Kentucky and they, nobody canceled it. Yeah. And uh, she's like, did you guys like sneak in and drop it in the mailbox or something? And I was like, no, I think Santa left that for you because that was the, my present to you is like, one uncanceled stamp. Because <laughs> 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 that's the kind of generous guy I am. Sure, you know? sure. So. <laughs> you can use that again. <laughs> but that was weird. I was just kind of like, it got through the whole. Yeah, they don't care anymore. Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah, they're too busy taking checks out and f- photocopying <laughs> them and things like that. They have time for things like stamping the stamps. <laughs> Getting social security cards for the yeah, yeah. people in the 
Eastern Europe or something. But uh, uh, so let's see what's going on in the world. I don't know. That's I mean, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. But, a lot of stuff. Uh, you know. I don't know. I mean, hey, I just, let me start with Poland because this, this is. Uh, don't forget Poland. Don't forget Poland. You know, they recently had an election which ousted the former right wing party called the Law and Justice Party, which had been in power for eight years. And uh, so guess what's going on right now? I'm, I know you'll be shocked to hear the smell. Uh, you know, they stuffed all of the major entities, you know, government entities with uh, partisans of this right wing party, including their uh, their public television stations, news channel and website and so on. It's all basically been a propaganda, mm-hmm. you know, bullhorn for uh, the Law and Justice Party. This, well, this old house is full of Jews. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they so they that's when you knew they, they really had infiltrated. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, so anyway, so they went off the air uh, just this week on Wednesday because uh the, pr- the new prime minister sent, uh, you know, uh, made new appointments there. And uh, it went to the crooked uh, court that they have in mm. Poland now, of course, all appointed by uh, the former party. And uh, and they said, no, you, you can't you can't replace any of the people, although these are appointed. It sounds like Wisconsin is what it sounds like. You can't replace any of these people, even though they're appointed by the prime minister. You can't because. Because you're the wrong prime minister, you know, basically. So, so yeah, so a bunch of, uh, this, so this new, it's a centrist administration. It's not like it's some, you know, left-wing crazy or something, mm-hmm. this guy, Donald Tusk. Um, he's, he has been accused of a staging a coup d'etat by, uh, by getting rid of loyalists uh, in these different positions. And, uh, of course, you know, when the Law and Justice Party first took over back in 2015, it had its, its own management on state television within days. And, of course... Back then, you know, nobody said anything to them. So, uh, so it's it sounds very sounds vaguely f- familiar to those yeah. of us who live in the good old U.S. of A., <laughs> which has become, I guess, the, the 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 paradigm, the model of how not to to leave office when you get voted out. Right. So. Right. Well, sadly, Wisconsin is sort of a prototype. Yeah. I mean, they, they they practiced on us around yeah. around 2010, 2011. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, we see the results today. So. Yep, we get they practice till they got it perfect. <laughs> hey, Senator Bob Menendez, uh, New Jersey. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, blocked the confirmation of two Senate nominees on Wednesday, protesting a lack of responsiveness from the Biden administration amid talks with Republicans over Ukraine aid and border security funding. Mm. Uh, somebody wants a gold bar in his little <laughs> stocking this year. <laughs> You get coal or you get a gold bar. (laughs) How much is this gold bar worth? (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite part of that story. Not suspicious at all. They found that on his browser. It's like trying to find out how much a bar of gold sold for. Wow. Here's a couple more stories about January 6th. Federal judge uh, allowed the special counsel investigating former President Donald Trump's attempt to overturn the 2020 election access to about 1,700 messages that were seized from the phone of Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. And you may wonder, who in the heck is Representative Scott Perry? Well, he's the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, oh, the so-called. Freedom, caucus. <laughs> freedom for some, not for others. Um, and, of course, he played a big role in attempts to overturn the election. Uh, but the, on Tuesday, uh, this uh, judge, he's the chief judge of the Federal District Court in Washington, uh, said that uh, he can get uh, 
They can get as many messages as they want from this guy's phone, even though uh, he said, no, no, you can't do that. So this could be uh, additional evidence for good old Jack Smith. Of course, he's the guy, as you remember, that's leading the federal case against Trump. And uh, the judge in the case, Boesberg is his name, Judge Boesberg, said that he was concerned that Mr. Perry's attempt to get information about possible voter fraud uh, influence people outside the federal government, discuss Vice President Mike Pence certification. In other words, all the stuff that was going on there, they'll have him sort of dead to right. So, mm-hmm. And uh, Trump's probably directing the thing, obviously. The uh, recording just surfaced, I think it was yesterday, of, of Trump trying to lean on the on election officials in Michigan. Now, he wasn't engaged in insurrection, not <laughs> no, at all. No. He's just asking questions. <laughs> he was saying, we can't let this stand. I mean, they're, they're trying to steal the election. You, this is all fraud. You, yeah. can't, you can't certify this election. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was also a report uh, that came out just this week from, let's see, who was it? The Inspector General uh, of what? Who was the Inspector General? Oh, the Department of the Interior's Inspector General. And uh, they were looking into the, of course, violent, uh, you know, riot at the at the at the Capitol on January 6, twenty twenty one. And uh, in the report, which is a forty seven page report, said that uh, the people who were asking permission of the Park Service to have their their little little thing there, that they lied about what they were going to do. Now I know you're shocked by that, uh, Mel, that they they lied about it. But the report found that Women for America First, uh, which was organizing the rally. Uh, they failed. They intentionally failed to disclose information to the National Park Service. Like you know, we're going to be going to be you know carrying guns. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, let's see. Uh, on January third, Women for America First, which received a permit on January first for a five thousand person rally, expand the number of attendees to thirty thousand. Uh, while continuing to deny to park officials that there would be that many people. Uh, on January 4th, uh, one of the people involved, a person by the name of Kylie Jane Kramer, wrote a text message, POTUS is going to have us march there, slash the Capitol. It can also not get out about the march because I will be in trouble with the National Park Service and all the agencies but POTUS is going to just call for it unexpectedly. So in other words, he's telling them, she's telling them all, don't tell anybody, don't, whatever you do, it's mum's the word. Don't let the National Park Service see what's, say what's going on here. But POTUS is telling us specifically to go there and to do it unexpectedly. I'm sure she just made that up. Well, they should get that POTUS guy under. Whoever that is. <laughs> under, under oath and find out what they know. Or the impotus guy, whichever <laughs> whichever one it is. So was it Women for America First or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, And and uh, I think the asterisk, there's an asterisk on that says, uh, contains no women or Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely not first because they love Russia, too. So. <laughs> Russia, Russia, Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, that's the APHIS, as you probably know, oh yeah, has issued a transit permit to Santa Claus to allow his reindeer to enter and exit the U.S. between the hours of 6 p.m. on December 24th and 6 a.m. on December 25th, the department wrote in a newsletter. USA is delighted to grant Mr. Claus and his reindeer a special permit to enter the United States 
ensuring a seamless journey for the joy they bring each holiday season. Oh, good Lord. We extend a warm welcome to Mr. Claus and recognize the vital role of U.S. milk and cookies in fueling his festive flight. And uh, also we note that he is white, so we're okay with, <laughs> we're okay with that. <laughs> By the way, does anyone know the fact that Klaus is his first name? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Santa is his honorific, right? He's yeah. a saint, right? So Santa is oh, not his Santa first means name. saint. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so he's Saint Claus. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Mister Claus. It's, it's not Mister Claus. Yeah. It's, it's Klaus something or other. Mm, that's why they wanted. It wasn't just white. His sure. name is Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> Satan's Claus. That's what we used to call him. <laughs> Santa's important role in uh, <laughs> ensuring the purity of our bloodline. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Remember when Megan Kelly got was got all upset because she saw a black Santa Claus and just was like screeching that uh, Santa Claus is white. Everybody knows that there is a black Santa on that. Uh, this is a little frightening. I just want to give people a little lowdown on this. If you drive along Monroe, Monroe Street, there's the business district on Monroe, mm-hmm. and you drive along and you're going. Uh, I think it starts right about. Gosh, must be. Um, Maybe where Grant Street is, and then it goes up to uh, like where Edgewood College is, Edgewood College Drive. Um, there's about 30 of these gigantically oversized inflated Santas. Oh yeah, and I and I when you first look at it, you're thinking, oh, what a wonderful neighborhood solidarity, and everybody got together and they yeah. all decided they were going to do this, and you make you feel, you feel kind of good, right? Now, those people all obviously talk to each other and like each other, but but why did they have to have these giant oversized Santas? The the mind numbing like regularity of it and the outsized they look like they're marching like it's like the sentinels. Yes, that's exactly it. Oh, that's exactly it. One of my friends who loves the X Men said, "This is like the sentinels from the X Men." It's the same exact re- comparison. And so they're, so they're all, but there is a black Santa. There's one black Santa. Oh, good. So I thought, great. So there's one black Santa, and then somebody else put up a giant. A Tyrannosaurus Rex eating a Santa. And I thought, okay, I want to meet that person. <laughs> it's go down and see it. It's quite the sight. And if you and if you don't come away with a little a little chill down your spine, I I, I would be really surprised. I, I had a neighbor in Duluth. We always looked forward to them putting up their decorations. It was they had a like a, a manger scene. Yeah. The, when but they put it up on their roof. It's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but then they had this giant Santa. Yeah. They put like right behind the manger oh, scene. Yeah. It's like he was looming yeah. over over the manger. Satan's claws, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and look out. <laughs> and he was like about five times bigger than yeah. him, like Mary and Joseph. So yeah, it was like yeah. this it was like a Godzilla thing. But yeah. uh, it, always, it just looked so funny to, you know, juxtapose like that. <laughs> I read a great uh, editorial last week uh, a person who's Jewish was talking about the the famous uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, yeah. where Linus comes out and you know basically recites the passage from Luke. And he said, "I know a lot of people feel funny about that." And he said, "People felt funny about it in 1965. Actually, they told him not to do that." Uh, but it's kind of like you know it was nice because they were opposing commercialism, and it was kind of like okay, there's some things that are sacred, and it may not be my sacred. But there is thing. There are things that are sacred. There's just something that's sacred. And he said he respected that because at least we're trying to get back to what it is that we're talking about here, as opposed to hey, would any, you want to get you know a smokeless ashtray for somebody, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever people are buying of each other these days. My heart sunk the first time I saw um, commercially produced, mass mass marketed uh, Charlie Brown Christmas <laughs> trees. <laughs> And it goes like at Walmart. I detect no irony there, here. There were dozens of them stacked up. 
Get yours today. <laughs> Collect them, trade them. Hey, many voter, voters see that uh, Trump is a criminal, but uh, they like him anyway. It's the GOP. What do you want? He tells it like it is. He does tell it like it is. And uh, <laughs> now he sees so it. From anyway. July to December, the percentage of Republican primary voters, uh, people who are likely to vote in the Republican primaries, has gone from a 54% approval rating for Donald J. Trump, Donald, Donald Jessica Trump, to a 64%. The J is for genius. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Uh so it's gone from 54% approval in July to a 64% approval in December. Well, that's because they're boiling it down into this 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 extract of crazy. I that mean, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. You get yeah. So the number of people that want to call themselves Republican gets smaller, and and so the percentage the, the, of crazy like, yeah. So the condense. What do you call it? What, when you do condense the sauce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boil it down. Can't think of the word, but uh, yeah. yeah. NASA has used a laser to send a, a video, a high-definition video, from uh, nearly 19 million miles away. Wow. And uh, you know what was in the video? Can't imagine. A cat. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It was either, it's either cat or pornography. <laughs> <laughs> or cat pornography. <laughs> so 15-second cat video was sent to Earth as an experiment for NASA's Deep Space Optical Communications. Space Agency hopes to one day stream very high bandwidth video and other data from deep space, enabling future human missions beyond Earth's orbit. This will just entice the cat aliens to come (laughs) and seek out our masters. The cat's name was Taters. He was chasing a red dot of a laser pointer (laughs) (laughs) that was uploaded to NASA's uh, billion-dollar asteroid probe before it was launched in October. The aliens will say, okay, come with your laser pointers. <laughs> <laughs> the Earth is ours. <laughs> oh, you think they'll, they'll, they'll assume that that's, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the dominant species? Dominant species. Yeah, they're and broadcasting that's, themselves. That's what they like to do. Yeah, that's, that's We can distract they, them with laser we'll pointers. hypnotize them with these, la- these lasers. <laughs> I just love that it was a cat video. <laughs> Lovely. After uh, after three years as President Biden's man at the Pentagon, the Defense Secretary was uh, was in the news this week. It's uh, he paid a visit to uh, to Tel Aviv, and it was his second visit, uh, by the way, to uh, to the area since Israel launched its war uh, in Gaza. And uh, during these uh, meetings and conversations, uh, Mr. Austin was very blunt. Uh, he said uh, uh, Israel could face quote, strategic defeat that would leave the country less secure if it does not do more to protect civilians. So the warning is one that uh, that uh, the, the defense secretary is, uh, he's, he's well-equipped to, to deliver. He's a, he's a retired four-star general, and he had to get special permission, as you remember, to become the defense secretary as a, uh, because of that. Uh, and he brings a lot of military experience uh, in combat with him, including urban warfare. Uh, warfare. So... Uh, he knows a lot about how things can blow up in your face because uh, he was involved in the troop surge in Iraq in 2007. He was involved in the uh, targeting the Taliban and insurgents in Afghanistan in 2004. And uh, he was also involved, in, of course, in planning to pry Mosul, Iraq, from the Islamic State back in uh, 2016. 
So he knows what it's like to um, use a lot of uh, a lot of weaponry and get nowhere. According to a new study, women's tears contain scent-borne chemicals that block aggression in men. It's a new study published in Not me. <laughs> <laughs> the study, ah, wipe your nose. <laughs> the the study, study says sniffing those tears leads to reduced brain activity related to aggression, which results in less aggressive behavior. Wow, that's fascinating. Prior research has shown that male aggression in lab rats, lab rats can be blocked by the scent of female tears. This sort of scent-based communication is called uh, social chemo-signaling. To see if this is same in is if this if this was the same in humans, researchers designed an experiment in which two men would play a game designed to elicit aggressive activities. That would be any game between two <laughs> men. <laughs> what are you talking about? Candyland. <laughs> Candy <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> I smash your candy. <laughs> uh, during these scenarios, the men were randomly exposed to either a woman's emotional tears or a placebo dose of saline. Unfortunately, the phrase men and randomly exposed goes together really well. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge-seeking aggressive behavior dropped more than 40% when the men sniffed the female tears. You know, in jobs, I've, I've had many jobs where I'm like sort of a manager of people. And uh, it's interesting, though, I, you know, I, I've had people cry and they always apologize. And I, and I always say to them the same thing. I always say the same thing, which is um, you must feel very strongly about that. Yeah. You know, oh, very good. I, th- I think it's good for people to cry if they feel that they shouldn't. I, cap- I would capture the tears and then uh, <laughs> you know, sell them later. So. Yeah, but you work for the state. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Those are our tears. You're used to that. You're, those are our tears. <laughs> In case you didn't get it, that was the band sniffing the tears. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look very aggressive to me. They're not aggressive. They've been sniffing all those tears. Exactly. <laughs> I got another story uh, about the uh, crisis in the Middle East. This is from, um, this again, from the U.S. government and uh, the New York Times. And uh, this is about uh, uh, an Israeli intelligence coup that occurred back in 2018 and uh, it turns out that uh, the the Israeli secret service people were able to discover a group of ledgers that were they were taken off the computers of senior Hamas officials which listed assets worth hundreds of millions of dollars and Hamas apparently according to this uh, these ledgers controlled mining chicken farming road building companies in in Sudan uh, skyscrapers in the United Arab Emirates, property developing in, in developing in Algeria, and a real estate f- uh, firm listed on the Turkish stock exchange. So they so they knew that um, 
Hamas was making money hand over fist, and they did nothing about it. This is kind of an interesting uh, element, and there's lots of theories about why this might have been the case, why the, the money wasn't shut down earlier. And uh, one rather unsavory theory that some people are floating is because the uh, the secret service people were trying to divide, basically, the Palestinians. Mm. So another interesting piece of information. Two kind of scary uh, things this week. Uh, about weaponry, Japan is set to announce that it will prove the sale of advanced air defense systems to the United States. So we're getting our weapons from Japan, which is like an interesting reversal of things. Hmm. Of course, um, Japan's constitution, uh, which we imposed on the country after the Second World War, specifically commits them to pacifism. But uh, apparently they are now uh, Mitsubishi Heavy Industries makes Patriot missiles, which... Uh, they are basically shipping to the United States oh. as part of a new deal. And at the same time... They'll have a little USB plug in these, so it'll be nice. Same time, on uh, the President Biden is preparing to relax restrictions on some weapon sales to Saudi Arabia. Really? Yeah. So maybe the Saudis will be getting, I don't know, Japanese weapons. Who knows? <laughs> Guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll just mark them up a little it's bit. It's a shell game. <laughs> <laughs> it's great being the middleman. <laughs> uh, hey, you're listening to the Mel and Floyd Show here on WORT 89.9 on the FM. You might be listening on the internet at WRTFM.org or in the future because we put this show and all of our shows up on the archives page. And uh, like to urge you to get the, the WRT app. It makes uh, listening to... All those types of things a lot easier. And you can also listen live, of course. Um, and thanks to Mindless Minion D-Cubed, uh, you can uh, get this through Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. We're going to take a brief break and uh, play a few announcements and then come back with... You got anything good? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, enrollments in Obamacare are tr- on track to set a record. All right. And uh, another medical story. Men, don't break your penis this Christmas. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mel from the Mel and Floyd Show. And I'm Mr. Smarty Pants. If you have an old vehicle you don't want anymore, don't just do like everyone else and drive it off a bridge into Lake Mendota. <laughs> Indeed. Donate it to WRT. It's easy. Even John Craniac could do it. Call 833-WORT-CAR and arrange for someone to pick up the car. The call takes about five minutes from any of the 50 states. It doesn't even matter if the car is running or not. As long as the radio works, of course. <laughs> Yeah, right. So if it's time to say, see you to your Kia. Or if you're no longer Fonda, your Honda. There are no more fun days for your Hyundais. When you're no longer pining for your Ford. Or if your Lincoln has started stinking. Then call 833-WORT-CAR to donate your old car, truck, or urban assault vehicle to WRT. We'll be glad you did. And we're back. Yeah, give us your cars. Yeah. Boy, that Melon and Mr. Smarty Pants do a mean commercial, don't they? They do. They're, they're raking in the dough in those, those spots. Spots. Uh, police in Georgia want to talk to a woman they say posed as a Waffle House waitress for hours. 
According to a post on Facebook, police said on December 12th at about 7 p.m., an unidentified woman pretended to work at the Waffle House (laughs) (laughs) for about two hours. They said during the time the imposter was captured on camera (laughs) accessing the register and stealing cash. Oh, wow. Cool. I like that she could pretend to be a waitress for two hours and nobody noticed. <laughs> now, that's a good question. She's actually waiting on them, though, right? Did, was I she mean, getting paid? Yeah. I mean, I mean she well, tips and stuff? Yeah, and, that would be part of the haul, I would think. I, I mean, didn't they think anything of having a strange woman? How's it like, doing, hon? <laughs> <laughs> There's this old-fashioned um, breakfast place I like to go to sometimes, and the, the waitress calls everybody Han. <laughs> <laughs> Or sweetie sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so that's that's how the Waffle House rolls. You can just, you can just walk in and walk in, hire yourself. I'm an independent contractor. <laughs> so, that's where we're all going, I so, think. So there's, um, there's a new, speaking of the Waffle House, reminded me of, of the IHOP. Yeah. And uh, there's a new Willy Wonka movie out. And, and they, yes. they've, they've done some... Some uh, marketing, we call it synergy, okay. with uh, <laughs> the inescapable synergy, yes, <laughs> with the IHOP. Oh, okay. So they've got they've got like some branding going on with Wonka and IHOP, and and IHOP. They, they showed in the commercial they were like, you know, you know, Wonka's like very everything's purple, right? And, and okay, that's okay. his theme. They were like putting purple syrup on their pancakes and stuff, and purple wow. purple goop on their food. I mean, yeah. I didn't think they could find any way to make IHOP food less appetizing. <laughs> <laughs> how about we put purple glop on yeah, it? Yeah. Somewhat funereal. <laughs> I don't know. I really, yeah, there's not a lot of things Yeah, I don't know, a lot of things that, that, that come in that color that you really want to eat. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I promised you that... Uh, a story about Obamacare, as it's called. The, of course, the the regulated market that got set up under the Affordable Care Act is what we're talking about. It's a federal marketplace uh, that involves lots and lots of people. And uh, more than 15 million people have signed up for health insurance plans offered through the federal market, which is a 33% increase compared to the same time last year. What's going on? Uh, this was reported by the uh, Biden administration on Wednesday. Uh, The uh, federal health officials project that more than 19 million people will enroll in 2024 coverage by the end of the current enrollment period, which, uh, by the way, ends next month. So that total would uh, include those who gain coverage through state marketplaces, which are, again, they're also at a a, a record-setting pace. It means more Americans have the peace of mind of knowing that going to the doctor won't empty their bank account, said uh, the Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra. So, uh, you know, I, I, you, you may remember that there's a certain person running for president on the Republican side who says he's looking at alternatives to the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure by alternatives, he means no Affordable Care <laughs> Act. <laughs> this is, I mean, the thing about this is not having to have insurance through, or health insurance through your job means that people can move to other jobs. And that means more power for labor. So guess why the Republicans are against it? <laughs> You figure it out. <laughs> yeah, Trump said something about how, you know, when he gets reelected, then that they'll have like a, a much better 
much better version. He said of that. that the first time. Well, I know. I mean, he was in there for four years, and they yeah. did absolutely nothing. I mean, and they were they were bleeding a lot about um, uh, re- repeal and replace, right? You know, which yeah. they never did. But, yeah. uh, they got to the and, <laughs> <laughs> and then they were just kind of like dumbfounded. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't sure what to do next. The thing is, it's the most conservative way you can guarantee health healthcare. Right. I mean, right. it's, it's marketplace know, it's driven. It just manages a market. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Romney was in favor of this before he ran away from it. I yeah. mean, that's how how he did it. Right. He was a tried and true Republican. Yeah. Of course, couldn't get elected dog catcher on the Republican <laughs> ticket now. But didn't it come out of some like re- Republican think tank at one point? Yeah. I mean, they were trying to trying to do it as a as sort of a an, an alternative to you know yeah. real progressive health care. Right. Well, know, there's a couple know, of universal con- health care. There's a couple of countries I think that that have. Pretty, or that have universal health care that use this as their main lever. And one is Switzerland, I know. And the other one, I think, is the Netherlands that, that have a similar kind of setup. Mm-hmm. Of course, they also have a more vibrant, you know, alternative structure than our Medicaid, Medicare system. But but anyway, yes. I mean, so it's not unheard of to, to do it that yeah. way. I mean, you can, there's so many different ways. I mean, the Brits actually just hire the doctors and nurses. <laughs> this, they're employees of the state. Right. It's like... Professors are employees of the state here in uh, Wisconsin or mm-hmm. something, you know. So. Speaking of Switzerland, Switzerland is considering what's believed to be the world's first um, plan that would allow cocaine to be legally sold for recreational use in its capital. Um, the parliament has uh, supported this radical approach to the war on drugs, although it could still be blocked as it requires a change in national law. Um this comes after the country was swamped by the cheap, cheapest, purest cocaine they have ever had there. And uh, it, it sort of goes along with other European countries that have adopted more lenient stances yeah. toward Wait till the Bulgarian mafia moves in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll change their tune. <laughs> <laughs> Got another uh, story related to uh, health care. Uh, just this uh, last Monday, uh, the uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Javier Becerra, he wrote a letter to the leaders of some states here in the United States that had the highest number or percentage of Medicaid losses for children through September. And uh, so he's basically uh, calling on these state leaders to uh, to expand Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. And guess who got the letters? Can you guess? Mm-mm. It's Governor uh, Ron DeSantis. Of Florida, Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. Nine states accounted for 60% of the decline in enrollment in Medicaid and in CHIP. That's the Children's Health Insurance Program uh, through September. And uh, big surprise. You just kind of wonder with these people. It's, it's kind of like free money from the rest of us. I mean, it's not like it's disproportionately taking money away from Georgians to have Medicaid for Georgian children, it's it's coming from Wisconsin. It's coming from New York. It's coming from everybody else. Mm-hmm. They take money for, for disaster relief. It's in Joe's house over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, they take money for disaster relief without blinking an eye, right? Florida is basically... <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. Just lives on disaster relief money from every place else, right? But when it comes to helping children, the same pot, somehow that's illegitimate when it comes from like a federal program. That's somehow we want to... We want to rebuild rich people's houses that are built too close to the ocean, but God forbid that black kid over there get health care. God forbid. It's all about God. 
God, you know, if you listen to those guys, God is a real jerk. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Well, he also screws with them a lot. He, yeah. he tells them all to run for president. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he tells like 20 of them a year. He's to nudging run. Gabriel. Look at that idiot. <laughs> I told the, told the governor of North Dakota to run for president. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> is his name Job? Or? Wah, wah. <laughs> Yeah, Joe. Good old Governor Joe. <laughs> Men are more likely to fracture their penis at Christmas time, according to doctors. What does that even mean? Uh, German medics discovered rates of the eye-watering injury spike <laughs> over they spike over the festive period. Although the penis is not a bone, it can fracture when the appendage is subject to sharp, blunt force. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. If that's what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Afterwards, the penis. Usually, I'm sorry. <laughs> usually, resent is judgy about these things. Is purple and swollen. <laughs> yeah, that's never a good sign. <laughs> Such injuries typically happen during vigorous sex. Uh, German medics that's have discovered discovered the risk of penis fractures spike over Christmas. Men aged 42 were most affected by the <laughs> of painful injury. They were. <laughs> That'd Honey, be, you know what I'd really like for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> dangerous uh, age. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't get it. It's like I, I Is geez. that what you do for, for Christmas? Is like Mary and Joseph and all wild? the saints. I'd hate to be on the receiving end of the person <laughs> who fractures their penis. <laughs> like, dude, chill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then add a sentence here at the end. The penis fracture happens instantaneously and requires urgent medical treatment. Yeah. <laughs> In many cases, a grim snapping sound can be heard. <laughs> now that's good writing. <laughs> the word, the adjective grim is wonderful. In case you're wondering <laughs> if you, grim you've actually sound. broken your penis. Oh, wow. Listen for the grim snapping <laughs> sound. <laughs> Oh. No, they say that uh, that their theory is that people, you know, get a little little randy at Christmas time. They they have a little more alcohol. They get oh, more free time. Of course, time, they have alcohol. Yeah, more free time, and yeah. uh, sometimes they, you know, I think uh, with more like, free time, you could slow it down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kids are in bed. We get done. <laughs> yeah. Wrap the presents. Yeah, we got fifteen seconds. Come yeah. on, let's go for it. A U.S. Steel was purchased this week. I saw that. Yes, it's purchased by Nippon Steel from Japan, of course. Nippon uh, Steel spent $14.1 billion. Or as Elon Musk would say, take that out of my change drawer. <laughs> um, this has uh, been months of speculation about whether uh, what was going to happen. This is, of course, U.S. Steel was formed more than a century ago by Andrew Carnegie. We all remember that guy. And it's been uh, weighing several takeover bids, including uh, one from a domestic rival called uh, Cleveland Cliffs. And uh, there's another uh, little-known steel producer made uh, called S-Mark, and they made a bid, but uh, we're not sure exactly what that was like. It was kind of light on the details, I guess. And uh, so U.S. Steel chose an offer from one of its biggest global competitors. It thought it was, uh, I guess they wanted to be bought by the best. So uh, Nippon Steel is going to pay $55 a share in cash, which was uh, compared to the $35 a share cash in the stock bid that the closest competitor had. And according to a an executive with uh, U.S. Steel, 
Yeah, the combination will create a truly global steel company. Oh, yeah, with combined yeah, 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 yeah. It'll break your penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have to use my higher brain to emit these noises anymore. <laughs> so Japan's buying U.S. steel. Oh, yeah. And they're selling us weapons. Oh, yeah. And the, the Nazis are making a comeback. Yeah. It's, it sounds... <laughs> it's, it's, Sounds very nostalgic, doesn't Connect it? Connect those dots <laughs> yeah. for me, will you? Italy seems pretty calm right now, although they've got a right winger as their prime minister. Yeah. So. But they haven't moved into Ethiopia yet, so that's good. We're still we're waiting for that. If that happens, we know it's all over. Well, luckily, it couldn't happen here. No, it definitely could not. There's a book about that. I know. I've read it. <laughs> A uh, new study says chimps and bonobos can recognize friends they haven't seen in decades. Oh, my God. You know what's weird? That was the story I was going to pick next. <laughs> I had the same one. <laughs> Go for it, man. Might be. I just have a little blur about it. This might be the longest-lasting non-human memory ever recorded. Yeah. Yeah, they did an experiment where they would show the, the bonobos and the chimpanzees, the regular chimpanzees, the, uh, the faces of various other... Uh, of their type, of their species, and they could actually, they would show faces and they would see their their uh, differential response to the faces. And uh, there was one bonobo that could recognize a face after 26 years, wow. which is a record for facial memory uh, other than uh, than human beings. I forget faces in like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, well, I could see that. I, I have a problem with that. I mean, if you, especially if you have a job where you work with a lot of people and, you know, see a lot of people and so on. I mean, there's... After a while, I think your your face thing kind of wears out, kind of you know, <laughs> blows out, you know. I don't know. They had a nose. <laughs> yeah. The, the eyes are on either side yeah. of the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. They had on them both on one side. You'd really remember that person, <laughs> I feel like. Joe Picasso, police artist. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this uh, the primary work that was done by, was done by uh, uh, an undergraduate researcher, at North Carolina Zoo, someone by the name of Laura Lewis. And uh, she became friends with a male chimpanzee named Kendall. Oh. And uh, whenever she would visit the chimps, Kendall would, would take her hands and look at her fingernails, which is, you know, he's, he didn't like dirt under people's fingernails. <laughs> it bothered him. But uh, but she she went away to study baboons. And then when she came back, uh, she went up to the enclosure, and Kendall was very excited. Oh. And so she thought, wow, he, he recognizes me. I think I'll make this into a research project. So she did. Oh, very cool. One time Melvina was gone for a long time, several years, when she, she lived out in Hawaii. And, yeah. uh, and uh, she came back, and um, my, my dog Peach, who yeah. was like her childhood dog, yeah. got so excited and so happy when, when she saw, saw her coming in the door. And yeah. just, it was like, you know, it had been four or five years maybe yeah. that Pete, since Peach had seen her. And, and yeah. uh, it was right there. Peach knew it was Aww. her. Uh, it was really sweet. So. Very good. I think you know, with especially with uh, an animal like a dog, uh, they probably recognize the smell. It's yeah, probably less the face so. and yeah. just the distinctive. We all have a distinctive odor, you mm-hmm. know, so they probably yeah. recognize so. the, the smell. Yeah. So we used to uh, wait for the school bus. Peach and I would wait for for Melvina to get off the school bus. Sure. And, and it comes about three thirty or so. And yeah. so we, you know, when she was really little, I had to make sure I was there when she, she yeah. got off the bus. So so Peach and I would wait there, and she she got off, and then. Throughout her whole life, 
Peach would get excited when she she heard the school bus coming. Aww. It was so sweet. <laughs> Twelve years later, she was like, "Oh, the school bus is coming! I, something good, you know." <laughs> something good. She had like happen. two brain cells left at that point, <laughs> oh, but, but but she knew something. But they were important brain cells. They were good. <laughs> Speaking of something good, you may have heard that uh, that uh, the Pope was in the news this week. Uh, it was on Monday of this week that the the Pope uh, Francis said that uh, it's okay if priests bless same sex couples. I saw that, and uh, it, they, there's lots of rules about this now because they're not trying to undermine their traditional doctrines about marriage. But uh, the new rules said that uh, you know you can't uh, you can't let the the blessing of a same sex couple. It's not the same as a marriage, and it's not a part of a formal ceremonial rite. But, you know, a priest can bless just about anything. So the idea that somehow you're not allowed to bless two men, two women uh, who are in a loving relationship seemed very odd. Um, so it's, it's a rare and important uh, document from the Vatican. And uh, it was it said, that, again, they made clear to not amend the traditional doctrine of marriage, but there's no reason not to be nice to people. That'd be a good religion. Be nice to people. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel that's, I, you know, I kind of feel like it's in the spirit of the season, I kind of feel like that's what Mr. Jesus was trying to say. Right? Yeah. You know? Right. Like, right. don't be a jerk. Yeah. Like, if you read the text and scholars who do a lot of work with the text and try to figure out maybe is any of this what that man actually said, yeah. um, there's some parts of it that sit very oddly with uh, the interpretation that the church later made about, you know, Jesus' salvific powers and so on. Because at various points, you'll have uh, people come up to him and say, you know, the famous story of the the wealthy young man who says, you know, what can I do to get immortal life? And Jesus says, well, um, you know, uh, obey the commandments. He doesn't say, follow me. He doesn't say, yeah. you know, pray to me. He doesn't say, yeah. I'll do it for you, buddy, no worries. He says, follow the commandments. Yeah. And the guy says, well, I do that. He says, okay, well, then give away all of your stuff to the poor and, you know, lead a life of service. So follow the commandments. And he goes, well, damn, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Exactly. So there are some scholars that think that must be really what the guy thought because it sits so poorly with everything else in the text. Yeah. It must have been something the guy said because they wouldn't have put it in there otherwise. But it doesn't comport well with all this, like, you know, I know a guy. That's that's Christianity. I know a guy. He'll do it for you, you know. (laughs) It's funny how fast religions degenerate like that, too. <laughs> Buddhism, get out there. Do the meditation. Ah, no, we got bodhisattvas to take care of that. You know, just do whatever. I mean, it's just Give me 100 bucks, I'll turn it into 200 for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of uh, cult documentaries lately. And oh, yeah. Some yeah. of the, the mega church ones. And it's all the prosperity gospel. That's the only part of the Bible that... The, if it's even in the Bible that they even heavens above talk no. about, it's like yeah. give up your money, yeah. and that's when he says the thing about you know it's going to be very hard for rich people to get into heaven. It says it right there, yeah. like right in the text, more than once. Yeah, I've got a story about a, an artist. I think he was in uh, in England somewhere who uh, took an eye of a needle, and uh, then he made tiny, tiny little figures of three wise men and, <laughs> and put them in the eye of the needle. <laughs> so. Three rich men can get through, get to heaven at least. So I saw my aunt over the weekend. My aunt Hilda, as I was mentioning, and uh, and uh, I was reminding her of the ways in which she made my childhood very pleasant. 
And I one of the first cards I ever got that I laughed at a funny Christmas card was it was a, a cartoon of a wise man and he had this big rope and at the end of the rope was a certain kind of well-known Hollywood monster with bolts coming out of its neck and you open it up and the other two wise men are said are saying we said frankincense frankincense <laughs> <laughs> and I was like nine and I thought that was the funniest oh, oh, card I've oh, yeah. ever seen oh, in my life excellent. You know? yeah <laughs> so thank you Aunt Hilda good. <laughs> That's where it all started. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Christianity was a lot, lot more chill until Paul came along, and then, yeah. uh, then he, he he had a bunch of visions and things like that. that well, uh, he uh, there were the I think the thing that people don't get is they figure that the church was the same at the beginning, and then it splintered later. But actually, it was all a mess it was at the all beginning. Splinter, yeah. yeah, it was. It began with. It just so happened that one group got dominant, and as you know, what happens when that happens yeah. is everybody else got kind of like <laughs> driven into Persia. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah, get out of here, you monophysites. Put those things and, in the clay pots yeah, and put them in the cave. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> no one will ever find them there. <laughs> exactly. I love that one. I think it's the Gospel of Peter where. Peter is like having a duel with a wizard. <laughs> like a wizard's f- he's flying over this this village and he's terrorizing the village. Yeah. It's like you know, like something like the Wizard of Oz or something. Right. And uh, and Peter warns him to stop doing it, and the, and right. the wizard just goes, "Ah, screw off." And uh, so yeah. Peter then prays, and uh, yeah. I don't know, a lightning bolt or something knocks right. the wizard out of the sky and yeah. and breaks every bone in his body. <laughs> My favorite story from that period is, according to some traditions, and you still see this somewhere, some places, uh, Paul had a female accomplice, someone who worked with him to uh, to proselytize, and her name was Thecla, or Thecla, depending on how you either pronounce it in Latin or Greek. And uh, originally, she was going to be promised to a man, but she decided that uh, she was going to be a virgin and, you know, sure. you know, follow the path of the Lord. And so the mother, her mother and the and the the bridegroom, potential bridegroom, conspired to have her thrown into the arena and eaten by lions. But the lions, they were lionesses. Yeah. And uh, and they came up to her and they left her alone. Oh, so then they said, well, that didn't work. So then they were going to like burn her at the stake. Right. Yeah. They were going to yeah. burn her up. Sure. So they and so then she got to the stake and then. The, the, then there was a torrential downpour that came down and, and, and you know, quenched the... She was obviously a witch. Well, so like, then they were like, you know what? This is not worth it anymore. You know? <laughs> so she, she, went on, she went on to become a great proselytizer. Oh, okay. But you never hear of her. No. I mean, very, it's, it's a minority tradition that keeps her story alive. Oh, wow. Uh, because, uh, of course, it's, you know, only guys are evangelists, sure, right? Sure. You know, wouldn't want to woman evangelizing yeah, so good heavens let's poison her and put her in a sack and throw her in the river <laughs> there you go now you're now you're talking <laughs> no one could survive that yeah exactly so, uh poison control centers across the u.s say they are seeing a steep increase in calls related to um an in, uh, an injected medication used for diabetes and weight loss Uh-oh. so people are overusing imagine this people americans are overusing uh, uh these new drugs that uh, that are used to, to control weight and uh, in most calls people report dosing errors I'm sure they just uh, take double or took the wrong dose you know how Americans are though it's like well five milligrams is good 20 milligrams is better that's you know? the consumer mentality if some is good then a whole hell of a lot of it is a lot better <laughs> by the way I just there was a story this week just talking about people who are taking various weight loss medications that were originally intended for people with uh, diabetes and uh, when you go off those things the the weight comes back yeah 
I mean, it's like it's like saying, "Well, I'll just take statins for a while," you know, or yeah, something. I mean, right. it, it it just and but again, magical thinking. Yeah, yeah. This was Ozempic, by the way. I didn't didn't make that clear, but uh, I also found that kids are 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 overdosing on uh, melatonin. That's a sleep aid. Wow. And uh, I mean, it's it's supposedly benign to you know, it's not addicting or it's yeah. not really a, a drug drug, but right. uh, but you know. When you're dealing with kids' brains, though, that's a whole different, whole different arena, and, and uh, you probably shouldn't be giving your kids melatonin. But uh, you know, that's kind of sad that kids don't have, wow. aren't able to sleep. I mean, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Let the record show that you're making the punchy, punchy motion <laughs> on your on I'm your playing, tiny invisible phone. I'm playing Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Colorado has its first confirmed case of measles in four years. Oh, Where did that come from? Thank you, RFK Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some poll the other day, and he was listed as one of the like the three candidates. He had Biden, Trump, and RFK Jr. Those were the options, and it's like, no, no, he's not a real candidate. Yeah. Well, so, neither was Trump originally. That's true. Yeah. So. But, you know, we live in this country, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a famous name. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know that guy. So yeah. I'm on television. All right, we got to get out of here. It's time to declare. <laughs> the weekend. Enjoy your holly jolly weekend. Get your sleigh out and push it through the mud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be like 55 or something. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Ridiculous yep, yep, on yep, Christmas. Yep. So. It's but, like it was down in Kentucky when I was a kid. But uh, things are fine. <laughs> things are fine. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, Look so. over there. All right. The kiosk is next. After that, Who Cooks Three with the Real Jaguar. And uh, after that, Amy Goodman, Democracy Now!, Labor Radio, Blues, Friday in My Mind, all kinds of great stuff here on your favorite radio station. And you are listening to WRT 89.9 FM, Madison. Again, stick around, listen to the kiosk, and then the, our pal, the Jaguar. Birthday.